It is Sunday, the 4th of April, 2021, and this is episode 393 of Digital Outbox. Welcome along to a, another episode. I'm Chris and sat here with Ian. Hello, Ian. Hi, Chris. Even though we've been doing this for like 11 years, 12 years, when you read out the date, even though I've put the date in the show notes, I still look at my watch to make sure it's right. Well, I, I don't know why. I tend to do it just before I read it because <laughs> we've had it before where it's not been right for whatever reason. But there you go. It definitely is the 4th of April. There you go. Time, I mean, quarter of the year. I know. Gone already. Nutty. Where did that go? It's just happened. Are you in a lockdown? Yeah, well, a full year of lockdown plus, you know, the build-up to yeah. it as well. So Yeah, yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. Anyway, it's what it has meant is that the world's slowing down in the tech industry. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not an awful lot to chat about today, which, uh, we, uh, yeah, let's, let's get it done. And then we can say we've done a short one for once. Uh, Uber is our first story uh, to just tidy up and pack away the story that we've been talking about now what four five six years don't know something like that um but basically they we we reported um i say we report we reported other people's reports <laughs> that uber have <laughs> have uh they they are now considered to be employing their drivers so the drivers therefore entitled to their minimum pay and uber has just been laying out its plans and confirmation of how that's all going to work so for anyone over 25 they will be paying Minimum £8.71 an hour. Um, there you go. Plus pay that they're already getting for holiday and sickness. Yeah, and I think the majority of people and unions are all saying it's a good thing. I think some some of the drivers are saying not the preferred it the old way. Um, and I think it's had repercussions for things like Deliveroo. Deliveroo launched the stock market last week, I think. Um, and they've dropped 30 40%. Um, yeah it didn't go so well didn't go as well as they thought it was going to go and you're right the stories around the gig economy and what does it all mean and the direction of travel and all that um yeah it's not like because that firm has been flying high with other people you know um around this whole you know delivering service it has and and i mean there were some stories that came out through the week that you know some of the you know some of the delivery um you know, riders slash drivers are only making, you know, two pounds something an hour in some cases, yeah. you know, real horror stories that it's like mm. Yeah, does and, and in, in the in the takeaway market where the price of the goods you're selling is probably only you yeah. know, ten to fifteen quid, it's a big, you know, big change if then suddenly that person's being paid eight quid an hour. Uh, yeah. And there was some big hedge funds, you know, and big big dealers just says not we're not touching this company. You know, and it really dented. So I, I think it's all tied back to this. I think if this hadn't landed um, you'd have probably find that price probably was because because delivery have been a kind of darling of you know tech for a while now. Yeah, I yeah I think um, it will have the long-standing consequences, and we're not going to know them for the next five, probably ten years, I'd say. But it's you know there's plenty of arguments both ways around whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but ultimately, you can't have someone who's earning two quid an hour. Really, I think that's in in our modern world. I don't think it's a it's not a good use of resources and it's not a good use of the environment and all those kind of things. So, um, that's also, so I saw lots of people complaining as well when, you know, like, like, um, restaurants moved into that kind of delivery service with, with lockdown. 
and and some of the delivery charges were like two and three pound, and people were like, "That's too much." And yeah, it's like, I know people are just. Why, why is that too much? You know, it's we we lose sight, don't we, of of the value of things. You know, yeah. If you said, "Hey, I'll pay you three quid to walk down the road to the uh, supermarket and back for me and go and pick up this," we'd say, "No, there's no way I'm doing that for three quid." Yeah. <laughs> But we'd ex- we demand it of you know these other services. It's um, I think there's a class thing in there. There's a whole kind of you know there's there's definitely I think I know we're, I'm, I'm maybe in danger of taking us down a path where we where this will be an hour long podcast. But I think <laughs> I think I think things like Uber and Delivery there is definitely a you know a class you know I don't want to be in that that job and role. And I saw some old, I mean I saw some stories where it was like airline pilots went and. You know, there's no there's no airline industry right now, so they've been working for Amazon, working for Deliveroo, because they've nothing else to do. And it's yeah. and there's obviously delivery services are huge over the pandemic. And I guess that's the thing. It's it that you know for the for the negatives that a gig economy brings, there are positives in that it offers a way for someone to do something um, if they're not offered anything else to do in the meantime. You know, what does an airplane pilot do? They don't go and grab another job in the meantime until it, we unlock at an unspecified time, and this fills a hole. But uh, you know, yeah, like I say, there's some ramifications we're not going to be clear on yet. Uh, Google has uh, dropped its commission uh, following Apple's sort of move last year, so moving to fifteen percent for anyone who's earning under a million in revenue on their app store. Um, so everyone else who's over a million, it will be thirty percent. But they reckon again that covers ninety nine percent of developers who are under that sort of million bracket. So it's only going to be the big, big players that are paying thirty percent. Um, but that's obviously gained some negative feedback and reaction from people. Uh, yeah, um, and it's, it's slightly different. To, I was just reminding myself it is slightly different to Apple's because Apple's is. If it's under a million, it doesn't, you know, you, you, it's, it's a 15%. But if you go over a million, it's a full 30%. So it's not like a, it's not like a, you know, a, a progressive tax, you know. So if you know, like if you get taxed at, mm-hmm. you know, you know 30% and then if you go over the threshold, like if you're over 50 grand, you then pay, you know, you'll then pay 40% on the bit that's over. The bit that's over, yes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Apple is, if you go over a million, your whole, it's in 30. So actually. So that borderline area is going to be horrible for companies yeah well there's 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 people speculating that that what developers will do is they'll make their app free or they'll or they'll, or they'll take it off market you know you'll, you'll see these because you look at it and go well this could cost me you know yeah that next grand. one sale is yeah. going to cost me that much money and if unless i sell x number more yeah that, that that's definitely definitely a shady area isn't it yeah so there's so there's a there's a whole and i I just think maybe the apple one was that it was a good thing to do but a bit a bit clunky a bit clumsy um whereas google are basically saying for everybody the first million is 15 percent and then so like you say that you don't hit that funny weird threshold yeah um yeah you know again it's showing some movement, but again, people aren't happy that it's still not the whole deal. And and what people are saying really is this: it's just the whole fact of being tied into this payment system um, is the problem, really. And the people aren't allowed to move away from that payment system. But the argument the other way is that the whole integrated payment system is what makes everything so easy, straightforward, and simple. You know, um, so yeah. I don't think this is over, uh, but it's. I think it's a step in the right direction and uh, maybe it will keep the wolves at bay because we certainly were looking at court cases that maybe have been pushed back slightly because of this concession. 
I think both both companies are trying to avoid that, aren't they? You know, so they're both seeing how far can they change and and but still keep the majority of their position. I mean, if their argument was that it costs this much to run the service and they're saying that 90% of, or 99% of the people are now not going to be paying or going to be paying half, what it means is it doesn't cost that much to run the service at all. <laughs> so, because 99% of the work taking away half the... But yeah, it, does, it doesn't add up. So uh, certainly they've been making a killing on it, that's for sure. And that's always been the Apple, you know, concern that, that yes, there's obviously, you know, they're, they're hosting a lot and there's lots of traffic and there's lots of servers and there's lots of people involved and there's testing and there's security and there's the the marketing. So there's a whole, there is a whole other cost there that I, that I totally get. But I still think in the first sort of year or two, I think it was it was justified. But it feels now that it, that it just... Don't know, just smells that the thirty percent is too much. Well, uh, like I say, if if ninety nine percent of your workload, which involves checking the security of all those applications, checking this, doing the testing, putting them onto the store, the admin of upload, and all those kind of things, that doesn't change depending on whether it's a two p application or a hundred pound application. And so the fact is that they, the fact they can just chop that cost straight away, yeah. No way. Um, Google Nest Hub, they've, I've saw an email pop through telling me they had a, a new one uh, being you know, ready or going to be ready. Um, this one looks at your sleep but doesn't have any wearable device. It's just watching. It's watching. It's watching. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. what I, I track my sleep via the, the watch and I'm, I really like it. This felt creepy. It's the same thing. It's still a bit technology. But it just felt creepy. It was like, I think it was because it was something else doing it rather than it's on me. Yeah. I, feel, this, I feel like this is connected to me. I this... also feel that same disconnect, which, but equally I see it as kind of, there is an irrationality to that, but oh, nevertheless totally, it's real. Totally. As in yeah, it's yeah. a real feeling. You know, I, I read this and I was like, creepy buggers. And when the, and when the sleep tracking apps came out in Apple Watch, I was like, I'm all in for that. That is fantastic. It's, it's, but it's funny how a little perception of, yeah. you know, oh, this device is watching me. Well, my wristwatch is constantly watching me. It's just not doing it with vision. And that's where, I think that's where the disconnect comes. It's not a camera looking at you. But apparently it can, without needing anything on your body, it can tell breathing rate. It can tell uh, sort of that you're are you disturbed are you rolling over all those kind of things and therefore it reckons it can give you a good indication of your sleep rates although it can't yet decide like heart monitor can whether you're in REM sleep or whatever and this is like uh this is this is one with the display isn't it yes so that's I've always looked at like the Amazon and Google ones and I've been semi-interested just because of the you can use it as a little, you know, photo album display as well. It can display little, you know, smart things. And there's rumours that Apple are looking at a, um, you know, so obviously they killed their bigger HomePod. Seemingly, there's rumours that they're looking at one with a screen as well. So well, it just interesting. You remember when Google first released this net, the, the Hub? Um, do you, do you remember it had backlash on the screen because there was a little dot above the screen and they said they had to actually put a little notice on it saying this is uh, a microphone this is not a camera we are not watching you with this device that's got this screen on it uh, we've just moved on now and people are past that initial sort of skepticism uh, yeah no you're right it seems to have been accepted it's a bit like i think it's like the amazon devices you know they are accepted that there's a there's a mic always listening you know, and there's quite a few devices now always listening. Do you remember it's... that was the big thing that everyone was talking about all the time? And now yep. we've gone past it somehow. It's, you know, people what, are just, was, it's was not it, the big news anymore. And was it two years ago where, was it two or three years ago where I think 
Apple, Amazon, Google, and then eventually Facebook, they all admitted that they've got teams listening to the, when it doesn't trigger, they store content for, was it 60 days, 90 days? There was That's a right, whole yeah. disclosure. You know, it was like a two-month period where they they all kind of came out and said, "Yep, we're, we're doing." The yeah, same. there was some there was some bad press around this. These yeah, the snippets of voice, which yeah, they they had to admit that it wasn't just computers that were analysing this. There were teams of people also listening at set for set reasons. Um, I think they backed away from that though, and eventually sort of they I think they shuttered some of those. But I wouldn't be surprised if they've unlocked them again. <laughs> you know, without now that the focus isn't on it. Um, but yeah, there was that thing of yes, people, real people are listening in occasionally. And it's like you say, it's just become accepted now. You know, the convenience has out- outweighed the fear. I mean, I, I ask mine constantly, you know, before my walk, what the weather's going to be doing, is it going to rain, all those kind of things. And I find it useful, you know, and listen I, to the radio you, through it. I, I still struggle. I still struggle with voice. Uh, I much prefer still going to, you know, an app. I, I, I just can't. Of all the benefits, I mean, that... You know, that's a very weak benefit to have uh, what is effectively mm. me signing away someone listening to my house all the time. So, yes, it's a it's a weak benefit, but it's still one that I use. Uh, and I say it does play the radio quite nicely without having to have a radio and I can change the channel or whatever. But, yeah, not too much. There you go. Anyway, so that's the Nest Hub. Is there anything else it does of interest? The only thing it talks about is, um, so you're going to see a lot of the home devices come with this, but they come with like a a thread radio. So this is the kind of new, I think it's a new name and a new standard for lots of the, you know, your smart home interoperability. Uh, I can't believe I said that. That's a good word. Fantastic. I know. Um, It was more just a pronunciation because I had in my head, it was like, (laughs) that ain't going to work. (laughs) But I couldn't think of another word. <laughs> um, so this this supports this this thread standard, and I, and again, there's I think the the little mini HomePod from Apple supports Thread, and I think there's talk of the new Apple TV supporting Thread. So I think you're going to see a lot more products talking about this Thread standard, and it should make it easier for you know you buy something for your smart home, it'll just work. Okay, well that's something to look up because I've never even heard of it so far. So the, yeah, interesting. I don't yeah. even know if the pixel, because the pixel count look, I mean, it's seven inches and, and 1024 by 600. So that feels quite a, a you know a good size touchscreen for, for that kind of device. I'm, it's, as I said, I've always been intrigued, but I don't want another device. You know, I don't, I, I think because I'm so all in with Apple, if they came out with one, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably plump for that um, rather than, you know, bringing another Amazon or Google product in. You want Apple to look at you rather than Google? <laughs> I guess my gut is I don't think Apple will look. I, I don't know if they would put a camera on it. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe not to start with. They will eventually. Yeah, I, I don't think they're interested in that camera piece. I think they would do it as in a scheme for putting up other content and music videos and that kind of thing. Not the, I am looking at you constantly. <laughs> Open Reach and their full fibre rollout. BT have told us that they're going to build like fury. To roll out full fiber to to uh, to, to everywhere. Uh, remember, we were talking a little bit back about how this was going to be rolled out to the whole country, and that everywhere around the country was going to get this um, in a very short space of time. But it's they've kind of backtracked. But nevertheless, they have sort of indicated how uh, they're going to be planning on twelve billion investment into getting this like full on fiber out there, um, and they're talking late twenty twenties. They can have 20 million homes fibre to the premises. 
again, I just I find it strange how some things we have enthusiasm for and other things we have a lot of noise that we should be enthusiastic about things but i don't know why it takes to the late 2020s i guess you know we're early 2020s that's an awfully long time in technology to to get this rolled out but i guess it is just huge infrastructure that i'm just underestimating yeah i I remember the i remember the kind of when it was ntl and i can't remember the other one so kind of what late 90s yonder was it I don't know. Cabletel was it? NTL and Cabletel. So I just remembered like that. That was the big. That was the big build out around Glasgow. Then it took them years to do all the digging up of roads and and I saw it here. We saw City Fibre, as I mentioned. I've mentioned before City Fibre. There's a there's a one gig fibre running by my house right now, um, but that was to connect up all Glasgow, um, you know, council properties. So whether it was a you know, a school, library, you know, a council office. But they've now done a deal to say, right, we're now going to extend that out to households. Mm. So it feels like they can uh that there is a there is a push on now to, you know, get a fibre infrastructure out and get it into into homes. Well, say we had this whole gigabit broadband, the which areas we're gonna because the government was saying, right, we've got to get this out there and we, it was gonna be who they I mean we had it in our area, the local council sort of brought sent emails around saying look you, if you sign up if we've enough of us sign up for this and we show interest then we could be one of the areas selected we're in a good position to do that but they have come and announced recently the areas that are going to be getting these new sort of focuses of of action around this um gigabit broadband and they are uh, cambridgeshire cornwall cumbria dorset durham essex northumberland south tyneside and tees valley with norfolk shropshire shuffolk shuffolk I can't so I've lost the ability to read Hampshire and the Isle of Wight. So again, maybe some different names there actually too are the ones we normally see with these tech rollouts because we often see it's big cities that they get all this. But to be honest, big cities have got quite good options for pretty fast broadband anyway. So this is a this is a sort of shift of focus to these slightly more uh, disassociated areas. And I do wonder if because all these things are political so i do wonder if these are marginal tory areas you know and they're looking at well it's just that's how a lot of these things go ultimately you're very right yes um you know and and so may i take cumbria for example just because i know so many folk down the barrow region you know they were furious at how far behind their broadband options were you know i had i had fast broadband for probably four or five years before before the guys that I know in Barrow were even getting as an option. They were running local campaigns and you know, they were we are massively behind the rest of the UK. Didn't make a difference because BT looked at it and said it's not economical. Yeah. And no other and every other company looked at it and says, No, unless I get a subsidy, it's not happening. You know, it's just it's just not going to pay. Um and I, I do, you know, this is what one point two billion of the of the budget of five billion that the government have put in place. And, and as you say, I think a lot of the a lot of the big towns and cities pay for themselves because yeah. you're, you know, it's it, you know you're, you're you're doing the same or you're doing a smaller investment probably and getting far more customers compared to you know somewhere out in the sticks. Um, but we've so, so we've we've seen certainly two three articles in the last and I'm talking about on on kind of local news in Scotland. Just at the, the haves and haves nots, you know, during lockdown, their lack of broadband. You know, so people are saying, "Oh, just put your shop online." Lots of there's lots of places where their broadband's still so poor that they've they've absolutely lost out. They can't 
you know, they've not got reliable broadband. There's a whole generation of, you know, old people also not on the internet properly, whether they're in care homes or whatever, they don't have access to it or they don't have the mental faculties to do it. So it's one thing about our digital economy that we don't consider really is what happens if you can't access a computer and get on. It's it's, uh, it's pretty serious when everything is now online. And, and you know, we were just speaking the other day about how, you know, this... I was doing taxing and sawning various cars and things like that in my life. And it's amazing nowadays how it all ties together and it is starting to feel hooked up, which is great, rather than this disparate set of different things. Uh, And, you know, so all the systems are happening, but we've got to be careful that that doesn't leave behind a whole like you say, the have-nots who are living in areas of the country and they can't even get broadband. It, it's, it sounds very much like Starlink, um, or Sat, is it Starlink, the, the Amazon service? Um, uh, that's uh, Musk's one, isn't it? Oh, is it Musk's one? Okay, so, yeah, so it sounds like the, the government is seriously looking at that as a way of mm. filling holes for for regional areas, even in, you know, even in our country, which is probably a much less logistical problem than, than many of these mass, you know, think about the landmass of, you know, America and China and all that. How do you get broadband out into those areas? Well, these sort of satellite systems are probably the only way of actually doing that economically. Anyway, Jack Dorsey has been uh, non-fungible tokening. I think we spoke about this last last week. So I, I, I'm pretty, yeah, non-fungible tokens are here. They're here to stay. They are a bit ethereal in that we don't really understand them yet. Nevertheless, the first tweet of Jack Dorsey uh, one of the he was the uh, CEO of Twitter, wasn't he? he? Was the first. So it was when it was called. It was like Twitter, and it was just a cell phone you used. So you kind of texted to the service, and this was his first tweet. That's right. And so it sold for just under three million. Um, yeah. Wow. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> and, and again, I threw this in. As a, to, to me, this is just yet another example of. You know, it just feels like investors trying to make money and it feels a bit of a pyramid scheme and you know good good luck because because that's so some of these are selling for astronomical figures but there's loads of people now jumping on it and going oh i've just done this podcast i mean i saw one was a, a guy just in a clubhouse with mark zuckerberg and he got a digital artist to tie up and they were selling you know three i think it was was it three unique pieces of art and they all went for like five to ten thousand dollars each. Yeah, and I'm like, this is bonkers stuff. This yeah, is... definitely bubble. It's definitely bubble sounding. Yeah, I think as I said again last time, there's uh, something yeah. to this. There, yeah. This will be a thing. They will be used, and they'll be used in clever and innovative ways. Um, and people are trying to get on the bandwagon early. But I'm not necessarily sure we've seen the technology that is going to last because w- with all these things, it's only the platform it lives in you know like one token is not the same as another it's not a unique thing so until everyone settles on one platform which is going to be that one unique thing where we can put our money behind and and actually have confidence it's got long lasting uh this is yeah otherwise it's just a it's just a cipher in a in a computer somewhere it doesn't mean anything in reality so first first tweet was just setting up my twitter which was twttr i'm pretty sure mine said something like that as well do you think I can sell mine? Mine was, mine was like, so what? What are we supposed to do with this? What's this nonsense? And I actually left. I joined and then left because I thought this is pointless. And then I was like, oh, I better get back on. Got hooked. But yeah, so I'll see if I can years. sell mine. I'll tell you how much. Fifteen years ago. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Fifteen years. Scary. 
Nutty, nutty, nutty. Uh, Google is making big upgrades to directions in Google Maps. So they're adding some extra tools like indoor navigation. So things like around airport terminals. Um, but they're also adding sort of outside features. So on your sort of driving, you can choose to have an eco-friendly route. And in fact, it will try and choose you an eco-friendly route. So the, the place where you're going to uh, use less, well, have better economy in your car rather than a twisty, windy road. For example, you go on the motorway, um, and that's going to be the default choice um, going forward. Yeah, all very interesting. They they added in kind of like semi AR stuff what a year ago, um, and again this 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 is only in certain areas. So some shopping malls in America. Um, yes, it's. So it's it's showing the direction, isn't it? But it's not widely out there yet. No, and I think and I think it does make sense for things like shopping malls or airports where you're having to navigate quite a you know it's, it's a really busy area and you're trying to make sense of where am I going? And I guess this is this what cyberpunk AR VR type future that everybody's predicting. It, and they're, it they're only kind of makes sense. For. It only really makes sense in the AR world where you are wearing a set of glasses, Google Glass. It's, it's all yeah. starting to tie back together and we might well get a uh, Google Glass that people, that, again, takes away that initial shock horror of it all and actually makes sense. If you can walk through an area and you can know where you're going, if you can be walking in a city uh, feeling vulnerable, but actually have backup that you know where you need to head you know it's, it's all those things for people that yeah it shows that there's benefits there to having this augmented world it's bonkers and, and apple apple have been talking about this for what two three years and tim cook you know i'm very bullish on ar and you know they've, they've done lots in that space and the you know again i think it's just coincidence but wwdc every invite graphic had somebody wearing glasses right and it was just like Mm. Yeah, because there's lots of rumours that this year, next year, probably next year, there'll be some sort of VR headset. The year after, some sort of AR glasses, but but you need to seed that with developers so they can generate the content. So they're going to mm. say it's coming, but maybe not show well, too much. What they're going to do now is put one out with someone without glasses, but that's because they've got the implant. I, I, I can't <laughs> deny it. It, it. it just feels like there's an inevitability about where these you know the big companies are going. And taking that data and giving you that, you know, extra, you know, like the text messages will pop up, you know, in front of you rather than having to get your phone out the pocket or look at your watch. You know, I was at my watch this morning, somebody texted, read it in the watch. We're you know, talking it's... about having gigabyte broadband within 10 years, right? That's what the government's ambition is. In 10 years, telling you now, people are going to be walking around with uh, mobile implants doing things like that. So things like notifications. Uh, things like touching your arm to answer a call, things like that. You mark my words, there's going to be people there in 10 years and we're going to be still thinking about gigabyte broadband for home, you know. It, yeah, there's definitely, there's, there's a, and even just tying it up to, you know, there's obviously a lot of chat around the kind of, you know, like these, you know, COVID, you know, vaccination passport type ideas. The only way you can do that is digitally, you know, your smartphone is your, is your passport, you know, or, or something on you that ties back to, and that's, Passport as a physical document seems to be like an old-fashioned term now when it's actually yeah. biometrics that defines who you are and it's much harder for you to fake your biometrics, isn't it? It won't be, again, the passport is going to be a thing of the past and it will be all tied to your digital or your yeah, biometrics. Yeah. And I think that's where you, you are going to get 
you know, I, I guess more free spirited people going, hold on, this is a real danger to society now yeah, where you're yeah, creating two tiers. If I don't have a vaccine, that's why I may or may not agree with ethically, you're going to force me to, I know I can't go to a shop. Am I going to allow it to work? Am I going to... Me saying it's... how convenient it was to have all these services hooked up for yep. me doing my, the work with my car doesn't mean that I don't find it quite worrying that I can put my fingerprint on a scanner in an airport and they can know everything. Or they See, that's, that's immediately where your head goes. They can know that it, my data is all there hooked together as a digital person. It comes with significant downsides of which we have seen plenty of countries prove that governments cannot cope with having access to that kind of data that it goes to their head and they misuse it and it's, uh, it's often ended badly. And I was I was just just tying in on that, you know. So it's just come out that that there's half a billion Facebook, you know, mail, phone numbers, and all that data from two years ago is now just being leaked online. So again, that is the challenge around put your faith in that digital side of things, and you know, can somebody then start faking that? Can somebody you know take your personality and? I don't have one of those. That's so fine. <laughs> ah, Ubiquity is the next company to have had a what is being classed as a catastrophic data breach. Ubiquity are prosumer grade routers and sort of hardware in that kind of router networking. And this is this one's been sort of highlighted by the fact that they haven't said anything or hadn't said anything even after it became clear that a breach had happened. And they're still not being open and honest about what has happened yet. Um, so there's, that's kind of the, the story here is that there's some hack has happened. A lot of data has been accessed in their systems. They initially blamed uh, Amazon, I think, um, the AWS platform. But now they've agreed that it's their system that has been hacked. But details have been sketchy and they certainly haven't been forthcoming. Lawyers have said that they're not allowed to say things. Um, but I think that's causing now even more problems for themselves. And the the horrible bit is, I think, they, they, as you say, they're quite prosumery and they forced a lot of their they're, they're very aggressive around their software updates. And some of the software, when you when you see the demos of it, looks really smart. You know, so if you've got one of their, you know, switches, um, you've got a little iOS or Android app, and if you hover over it and line up the code properly, it tells you what's connected to what port. Oh, okay, brilliant. Lovely. You know, just really, nice. you know, and as a if you're a network admin, that is like, you know, that's Yeah, that's there's none gold. of that tracing away. You can, yeah. <laughs> no, you, yeah. that's like, that's pretty gold stuff. Um, so there's things like that. You go, that's nice. But they're, they're in a, you know, they've been really aggressive around that kind of front end and software. And they've forced a lot of people to sign up to, oh, you need to be a cloud member. And that allows you to admin your network gear. And lo and behold, I think the horrible bit is the fact that it's happened mid-January. You know, we're, you know, two and a bit months on. This is the kind of thing where they need to, you know, if they've known about it at the time, don't sit on it, don't try and hide it. Just just get out and tell people. And I think that's probably the worst bit about it, that they've been in semi-denial. Now it's come out more, they're not really denying it. But if you were a customer, you'd be howling about this now. But it's not a big consumer name, as you say. It's the prosumer market, and it's. it's I, I'd not really. I don't think even in my searches, I've really come across one that I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. When you do roundups and things like that, it's it's not it, one it, name that comes up. It made it to my list of potential gear this year. Of course, so it I did, was, because you are uh, like that. You are that person. <laughs> uh, thanks, but it's, it's, it's just been on my it's been on my radar for a while, and you um, should connect to it with SolarWind software. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was interesting. They're, they're kind of semi-blaming that it was one of their administrators left root admin logins in a LastPass account. 
Right. And it's like it's it's almost see just the way they've kind of it's Amazon, it's one of our administrators, it's LastPass. It's like stop blaming everybody else. Mm. Yeah. Apple Arcade has had a boost of games coming to the platform. Um, anything that sort of strikes your fancy? Uh, uh, the reason I threw this in is, is Apple Arcade. They made a big splash about this when it launched, and it's it's gone really. It's not quiet. They are you know every you know every month there's another two or three games. Uh, some of them quite compelling, but but not not like the big console games that we play. So so it's not landing those kind of titles. And this, but this felt like it was probably because this came out of nowhere. Nobody had rumored it. It just dropped that. Um, here's another thirty games, two new categories, and the categories were interesting. That you know, so it was you know like NBA Two K Twenty One Arcade Edition, um, a golf game from the folks behind Hotshot Golf, which every new PlayStation or Nintendo kind of platform usually has a Hotshots golf game on it. So it just felt like this was a this was maybe a kind of an attempt to reinvigorate a bit of news around Apple Arcade. Um, and also the classics were interesting because it wasn't so much classics as in like arcade classics, but it was it was iOS classic games which they have Obviously, paid the developers to put on the Apple Arcade. Have stripped out some of the, you know, adverts and all the monetization pieces. And it's some of the games like Monument Valley and Fruit Ninja and Threes. You know, Mini Metro, really, really good games. But you know, good games three, four, five years ago. It's one of those things. If you're into games, the chances are you've bought some of those classics. But if you're new to yep. the platform, then great. And and overall yep. time, if they still survive, because obviously they get rotated, don't they? Sometimes these games. So. Um, and there's little rumours that um, a new Apple, a new Apple TV, because the current Apple TV is I think three years old. Um, so there's a new Apple TV rumoured with a new remote rumoured. And again, if they bundled, and I know they won't, but if they if they bundled like a joypad, you know, is that a is that a compelling you know simple you know arcade machine? Not not convinced just because of the closed nature of it. But there's they're it's still there. They're still investing. Um, I just think they maybe need to go a bit more. See, when I look at what, see, when I think back, what is it? Maybe four, five, six years. So, it, maybe, maybe it's longer. So I think Xbox had done really well with like independent, you know, games. It was a real independent. You know, it was like there's a summer. It was almost like a summer series of games that came out, and then Sony kind of, I think, for PS4 ripped a lot of them away from Xbox, and I think Xbox are bringing them back, and I think. Um, you know, Game Pass is bringing a lot of those independent tech games to that service as well, and that's what it feels like. If Apple want to be serious around this, I think you know they they've got money. They need to throw money at this and say, actually, we've got the hardware, you've got the smarts, you've got the IP, you could be making some fantastic games for our service. And it's just not it's just not landed as the way I thought. You know, they've been quite derivative games, not not unique. Talking of good games, we've had the BAFTA Games Awards for 2021. And spoiler alert, Hades is the best game. (laughs) 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 Uh, That's PC and PlayStation, is it? Or no, PC and um, Switch. Switch, yeah. So uh, I've not seen it. I've not seen a review of it. I've not even... This is is how my relationship with games is nowadays. I just... I, these things skip me by, but then equally, I just think I see the list of games that have one, um, one, you know, things in this, and so many of them again are 
derivative been around for a long time are not new games really but they've won awards because there's not a lot going on in the games right now hades is fantastic so so now that i have a gaming pc i can i can i can dip into these things and i have not given it the time i should have but probably four or five hours of it and it is joyous but my my time my time is just limited um but i would thoroughly recommend it because i think think it's only like 15 quid in steam you know these are not expensive games and it's stunning um we see you know, Sea of Thieves on this list. We've got Animal Crossing on this list again. Spider Man, Miles Morales—they're all—they're not brand new things, <laughs> you know. I mean, I guess, and I guess some of this, I think, is 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 part industry, part COVID. You know, so yeah, yeah no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's yeah. uh, it's, it's no, like no, a COVID, 100, percent but it doesn't yep. seem like a classic um, BAFTA set of <laughs> you know. I, I guess I mean so. Last of Us Part Two is a stunning game. Um, the audio achievement one, Ghost of Tsushima, again uh, visually very goes, good, but I don't think it got an initial buzz around it, but it's tailed very quickly. Yeah, but but lots of people loved it. You know, absolutely loved it. As we've covered off Hades, evolving game, and there was Sea of Thieves, and there was um, No Man's Sky, and we are seeing that as a kind of category now. I mean, yeah. five years ago, you wouldn't have seen evolving game as a category. We're no. seeing this more and more, where it's a uh, you know, launch almost like as an alpha, you know, beta, and then just keep building. True and sandbox, keep basically. Yeah. 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 And I think Game Pass is helping that that Definitely. kind of thing. You know, it's just, you know, you're, you're paying for it and it's there. You know, you don't, you, it's not, you're not having that scary, you know, am I paying 40 quid for a beta? And it's like, no, it's part of a subscription service and you're just getting, you know, a, I mean, CFTAs is still huge when you look at the, See, you look at the kind of Twitch audiences, and you know, there's still there's still a big audience playing that. We um, you know, we we were in a way lucky. We played it early and didn't really understand the depth. Well, there wasn't any depth through it at that point, so we played it no, early. It was a bit no. nothing. And when we came back to it eventually, it was every, every single session we had a new surprise. And the big problem with these evolving games is. If you start early, you're often left with a poor experience rather than leaving it. But in, if you if people leave it till the last minute, well, till later, then the game will never evolve. So it's one of those catch catch twenty twos. So we we probably I mean, was that three years it had been out when we hammered it last year, and partly I think it was again it was a great COVID game because we were it was me, you, and Dave nattering away. You know, we're just yep. nattering away, uh, being pretty crap at it. But there was enough content that it didn't feel too much of a grind. You were There was things to do that you're like, oh, that's new. And even late on, we had things like, there's a bloody thick mist, which we'd never seen before. And yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely good. But anyway, so yeah, there you, people can look up the list. I'm not going to read them all out now, but there's, no. uh, you know, but Hades, I might go names. And, yeah, yeah. and I think Animal Crossing was, again, another one where it landed at absolutely, I mean, when that came out in March last year, and for many people, that was the best. I don't get it. Game but ever. I never really understood Sims either, and there's elements of that kind of that kind of situation. You've got to you've got to want to do up a virtual house, and I'm like, I was just dumping things in the garden because it gave me credits rather than <laughs> rather than yeah. thinking, oh, that looks good. And, just, and I, and I never picked me. up. You no, know, I never picked up deliberately because they were they were wanting you to time your, you know, you had to come on at like three o'clock at you know in a certain time to yeah, get to a market and yeah. to get turnips to, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. So for me, it dried up fairly quickly. I was, I found it interesting to start with, but yeah, not, not for me. But there you go. That is our podcast for today. Uh, I don't know if you want to chat about anything. 
I saw that wasn't there was a there was a chess game in the Apple Arcade. I wondered whether you could talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that as well, and I thought he's going to is he going to bring it up or he's going to let it slide. The interesting thing about that chess game is that it doesn't start you with a set number of pieces. Is it two player? It is two player. Okay, see. So <laughs> <laughs> but you might start with like one pawn and eight okay. queens. Ah, okay. So, so well, it's still start with <laughs> you, you still start with six. Well, but each team starts with the same, so you still start with sixteen pieces. So it changes the whole pieces. dynamics. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so, so you can't just do your normal. Well, I'll just move this to here. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, new pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening this far. Digitaloutbox.com is our website. Info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to email us. Twitter is digitaloutbox. I am on Twitter as CheesyUK. Where do we find you, Mr. Sweeps? Uh, website, iandick.com. Easy, easy, easy. Right, we will talk to you again in the near future. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. Wouldn't let it lie. Couldn't let it lie. Wouldn't, couldn't, didn't.